everyone. Thank you for joining us today for Sharing Sweat Equity, a business podcast hosted by your El Paso Hispanic Chamber and the Minority Women's Enterprise Diversity Center. Before we get started, a quick word about our sponsors. If you're looking for commercial real estate in El Paso, reach out to our friends at Epicenter, 915-532-3456. They have locations all over the Sun City. I would also like to thank Sun Carpets for sponsoring our podcast room. Hi, and welcome to the El Paso Hispanic Chamber's podcast series, Sharing Sweat Equity. My name is Desiree Manzanares, and our guest today is Elizabeth Divellis, owner of Rev It Up Consulting Group. Good morning, Ms. Divellis. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Very nice. So can you tell us what the idea behind Rev It Up, your company, how, how, what was the idea behind it? Well, I, after working in corporate America for about 30 years, I did a lot of leadership training. I was a leader, and so I found a lot of passion in that. And I also saw what great leaders were made of, and I also saw some not so great leaders, unfortunately. But it really said, I, I want to help, I want to do something. So once I retired, I decided that I wanted to start my own consulting company to really specialize in leadership development. Wow, that's great. And how long have you been in business? Well, I actually started my LLC in 2019, and I did a lot of the administrative stuff during that time period. And then in 2020, I said, great, I'm going to start my business. Well, oh, we boy. know what we know what happened in 2020. So, you know, 2020, I have to say, was just a wash. And then, of course, this year I hit the ground running uh, at the beginning of 2021, got a lot of stuff done, and I'm, I'm still going. Wow. So you... You literally started your business at the beginning of the pandemic. March of 2020, March 8th, I signed the lease for my office. Oh my gosh. So you had your office and everything. Mm -hmm. Did you have any employees that were? No, I am a party of one, so to speak. So it's just me. Um, So I needed my office for my clients. I needed a place to work and I found a really nice place and got painted the whole thing, got everything ready to go. And then three weeks later, we went into lockdown. Oh my gosh. So as a new business owner, how did that make you feel? Did that make you feel like this was a mistake to decide to open a business? Well, at that time, I didn't feel like it was a mistake. I said, all right, what am I going to do? Because I did not, I mean, I needed to acquire my, my, my client base. You know, I had to figure all of this stuff out, get my whole business strategy for my training in order. So, you know, I, I just said, I've, I've got to keep going and see everybody's going through this. So nobody's doing any business. So let's, let me just ride with it. So I just, I just kept going. Wow. And I know the other day when we were at the Cafe Pandulce, um, that you and I spoke and you had mentioned that rather than panic during the pandemic, you pivoted. I did. How did you do that? Well, um, when I was right, I guess it was probably right after lockdown and they opened up a little bit, I was able to go back to my office and I said, you know what, the pandemic is has changed the way leaders need to think. I was already thinking that. So I found some great resources. I found some great free webinars. I started reading a lot of articles about how leadership should be during the pandemic. So what I did was I changed my entire business strategy of how I was gonna approach my consulting business. So I decided to really just focus on that and get all the information that I needed uh, to really understand what what's gonna happen with uh, post-pandemic leaders. What are they gonna need? What's gonna happen? What about the employees? How are we gonna handle everything? So that was a huge pivot for me and it excited me to know that this is groundbreaking information that everybody's going to need to learn, especially in my field. 
So really the pandemic and the way it changed the view of many people, what they had towards work, really did work in your favor. It did. It really was a spotlight on what you're trying to do. It was a silver lining, to be quite honest with you, because I was, I I don't want to say I was floundering, but I was kind of going back and forth. How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? But then once this happened, I said, I've got to be laser focused on leadership development and not a lot of other suite of products I wanted to offer. And I said, no, this is what you need to do. And what is your leadership and development course? What do employers that come to you or employees come to you? What exactly are they looking Well, a lot of it, like right now, the client that I'm working with right now, I'm going to be training all their leaders in communication. Um, Sometimes they believe that that there's a lot of conflict, but a lot of it resolves itself when you really know how to communicate. So I'm going to be doing some communication classes, followed up by working uh, very intensely with their leaders on how to coach and develop their employees, what kind of language to use, how to be purposeful with that language, but yet still hold the employees accountable for that without... Mm -hmm diminishing their self-esteem, so to speak. Do you feel that there is tension between employees and employers? Oh, absolutely. Why so? Well, again, it comes down to communication. And I always say people don't know what they don't know. So a lot of these leaders may not have had the foundation to really understand how to you know, lift up their employees, help them to grow and develop uh, through consistent conversations and through really empowering them to do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. You know, and it just comes down to the type of leadership style that this leader has and how to help them to understand how you augment that leadership style to bring out the best in your employees. Right. And you and I were speaking, I think that what past generations view as, as acceptable bosses versus what newer generations mm-hmm. use acceptable acceptable bosses is completely different. I know my dad, when he talks to me, it's like, oh, my bosses were always all horrible and I never got along with any of them. And when I think of it, it's like, that sounds terrible. I wouldn't want that. I don't think I could accept that if I didn't respect or like my boss. So I think that the 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 shift is there. People are no longer, no longer looking at Oh, I I go to work, I come home, that's it. I don't care about my boss, I don't care about anything. Now it's becoming, people are investing their time and it seems like they want a return on that investment, not just a paycheck. Yeah, and I think you're you're dealing with a lot of dynamics there because there's a lot of multi-generational dynamics in the workplace now. I mean, you have the Xers, the Boomers, the generation Y, you know, Z, they're all there, you know, but they all have a different interpretation of how we need to handle work. So I always say, you know, we got to take the best of what's new. A lot of the new workforce, I appreciate the younger workforce. I appreciate their, their, uh, their embracing of technology because that's all that they know. They're so efficient. They're smart. They can get it done. And then if you marry that with what some of the other generations value in creativity, communication, and put the two together and learn from each other, it helps the workplace to move forward so you get the best of both worlds Mm -hmm. and they can learn from each other Um, so I think that that's really important and you know in terms of you know the type of boss you have you know you have a lot of the old school bosses that this is the way it is this is the way it's done and this is the way it always is right now you know based on just a lot of articles that I've read there's just so much going on with the Uh, helping these leaders just become more vulnerable and they need to be agile right now. They just really need to understand what the pandemic has done 
um, to the workplace. And that empathy and that vulnerability in these leaders just goes a long way exactly to what you're talking about. I want to be able to communicate with my boss. But if you have a boss that's unyielding and doesn't you know, want to be empathetic, doesn't want people to see their weaknesses, so to speak, um, it's going to cause an issue with the dynamics you're going to have with your employees. So a lot of the onus is on the leaders to, to be able to pivot. Well, and I, I know you and I spoke about it before. We recently ran a countywide survey, and we looked at over 253 business small business owners who took the survey. And the consensus, consensus was that throughout the pandemic, one of the biggest hurdles that small businesses faced was hiring and recruiting. And I know you're a business coach and a leadership consultant, so what do you think is happening? Are business leaders not doing something? Are they not doing enough? Why is there such a problem? Because people are, say they're looking for jobs, but why is there such a problem with them not hiring? And why is there such an issue with, the, you know, there's, there's no movement on it? Yeah, this is such a, you know, this has a lot of prongs to it, so to speak, because, you know, you look at it from a recruiting aspect, and then you and I were talking about how targeted is a recruit, the recruitment. Are they looking for people that have very specific skills, or do they want to talk to people that can grow and develop? Because they have some of the fundamental skills, and they're going to turn out probably to be a better employee because they're flexible, they can grow, they can develop, as to where people that have one skill set, sometimes, as we mentioned about the fixed mindset, that's what they're going to rely on. This is my talent and this is what I do. So I think when it comes to recruitment, um, it, it's really about finding out the personality and really digging in a little bit deeper, which I think is a lost art right now with AI coming in, looking through all the resumes. And, um, and you and I were talking about it. When I look at uh, the qualifications and specifications for jobs right now, I do that just to keep up with what, what are they saying, what are they doing. And my goodness, there are some jobs that I wouldn't even apply for. And I, you know, I, I have a lot of experience in a lot of things, but they're asking for Superman, Superwoman. So I think that's very intimidating for some people to want to apply. Um, you know, that's not the end all be all. I'm not saying it is. I'm talking from my perspective, but I, I have spoken to people about that. And they said, I was going to apply, but they wanted too much. And I don't know if they're going to call me. And so I think we're missing that personal connection when it comes to recruitment and also the interview process, mm -hmm. you know, as well. Well, now in terms of, you know, there's a lot of what do we need to do to retain the employees once we get them. I think, you know, as you and I were talking about, there's so many, there's a lot of expectations from this younger generation now, you know, based on, you know, this is what I want. I want a good work-life balance. I want all of this to go on. But I think that the businesses also need to say, how can we make it work by being, by fair play on both sides. I mean, we can't just, there's, you know, when you talk about work-life balance, we would like to achieve it, but the reality in some businesses is like, we've got to do some other things to make sure our employees are rested, they take their vacation, they take their personal days and really disconnect because the truth is we're going to be working a lot, but I want to make sure we create a great environment that's collaborative, the leader's open, the leader's supportive, the leader pushes you. I always think about coaches. I mean, if coaches were just like, yeah, just go out there and you know do what you gotta do. No, these coaches, whatever sport you're in, they're gonna push you because they know the greatness that can come out of you. Mm -hmm. So I think that's another thing to look at for a lot of these, you know, when you are in these environments is for these leaders to think, I've gotta find a balance of being empathetic, but I, yet I want these employees to grow and develop and make sure that we create a great culture for where they want to come to work. Mm -hmm. And I think that helps with that work-life balance too, so, from a mindset perspective. 
Yeah, so kind of pushing them to be better at what they do, but making sure that the work environment is welcoming and absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. And I know we we kind of got into it a little bit, and you got into it in this last question of the new generation trying to strike a work life balance. Yeah. I think with the with COVID, what we saw when everyone was working from home was, hey, I can get all of my work done, and I can stay home, and I can get it done earlier. I can maybe get all of my work for the week done and take a Friday off, or I can maybe just work three days a week. And so people are now starting to see that the idea of being in an office for eight hours a day isn't necessarily productive. Some businesses in El Paso have started to work remotely and they found it very helpful. Other businesses haven't been able to integrate it at all because they need boots on the ground. Right. They need people at the construction sites, in the warehouses, whatever it may be. But I think the older view was that your work life and your home life bled together. They blended in. And you some some days the work life blended in a little bit more. Some days it Yeah. But now what you're seeing is young people putting a strict line in the middle. I work at this time, I'm at home at this time, and there's no cross there's no crossing it. Is that fair? And do you think that that is something that we're seeing more in El Paso? Um, I think we're seeing it more really everywhere. And I also think that there's also room for negotiation when it comes down to businesses and how they want to get their workforce on board with what's going on. The hybrid work environments, are there's so many dynamics to it. It's not as easy as it seems. Working from home and some people at the office creates its, its own dynamics. But, you know, I just I just really believe that the employer needs to find ways within what their normal, uh, I, I would say their normal workflow would be to where it's like, take your vacation, but totally disconnect. It's up to the leaders to say, I'm not going to call this person. I don't want them to text. I don't. I want them to go have a great vacation, decompress and come back refreshed, knowing that when they come back, nobody's going to say, well, when you were gone, this happened and that happened. It should be, hey, we got everything done for you. Did you have a nice vacation? Teamwork. But that has to be the culture that the leader creates. If you have employees that are, you know, you know what, I'm not, you know, I'm just not feeling well today. I just have a lot going on. It's like, you know what, take a personal day. Go get your stuff taken care of and we'll take care of you. And then the other thing, you know, is, you know, just making sure that you speak to your employee, you, you, you show your human side to your employee to say, what else can I do to, to help you with this? And if, if an employee wants to work from home one day out of the week, say, hey, we can you can work from home one day out of the week. Just let us know which one it is so we can make sure that everybody's on board. Have a meeting and say, you all get one day to work from home. Who's working on what day? What day can we have staff? Because there's a lot of logistics that you have to have. So, But those are just ideas for leaders to have to just open themselves up to be more collaborative and create an enticing work environment that somebody who's applying for a job says, I like that. If I work one day from home, I'm good with that, you know, and I love the culture here. And what, like, is that where you come in if a, if a, if staff feels that that is not a possibility? Is that when you come in to assist in that communication? Yeah, I usually will work, like, starting from the beginning to really help the leaders understand how they can be better leaders and how they can create a better culture for their employees. And then once things start breaking down and some some things are not happening, then I would do some one-on-one -on -one business coaching with them to ask them, you know, what, what's going on, what's happening, why, 
why are you finding it difficult to, to be flexible with your employees? What's going on there? You have the blessing from corporate, so you're good. So you tell me what's going on and help them work through that so they can, you know, they can start to embrace what's really happening right now. But does this come from the the boss that's having the issue or do employees often reach out to you? No, I work strictly with the leadership. Okay. Um, I, I'm, you know, I work with leadership. I usually work with all of the HR departments and we decide, you know, we do an analysis of what's going on in the business. What is it that they need help with? We do pre and post assessments to see, did we get a gain on all the training that was done so that we know, are we making the right changes so that we create the culture to retain our employees and, and to also recruit the employees. Mm -hmm. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So in today's age, what COVID also brought us. COVID brought us many things. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in the age of online branding and Instagram influencers, it seems like there's new famous influencers every day. Um, we see that entrepre the entrepreneur culture is growing very quickly. Um, and it's relatively easy for young entrepreneurs to open up an e-commerce store or to start something that allows them to make money online. However, they don't really have the skills or expertise to lead and grow. They just have the product, which is themselves. So what would you say to them? Where should they start? If, if someone in El Paso is starting an online store, but they have no business experience, they have nothing, nothing in particular, where do they start to get help to be successful? Yeah, it's important if they really have that desire to get a good business mentor, specifically in the area that they want to go in, somebody that's been successful, to say, what was your plan? What kind of marketing plan did you have financially? How did you get everything in order? Um, you know, to understand all those components. And most importantly, how do I communicate? What sort of language do I need to use from a marketing perspective to entice customers, you know, to want to, you know, uh, use or buy my product, you know, whatever the case may be. But, you know, I, I do see that a lot of people just go into it with just here I am and I'm ready to go but there's so much more to it they've really got to sit down and 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 do all the planning ahead of time you you've got to know all the dynamics what's the market like is there really a need for this product where I'm at do some market analysis and you know I look I know like my son was thinking about doing something on his own and you know I said look you have a great job right now I go if you really want to go out on your own to do what you're going to do start planning now, start saving money now, and don't just do it now. That way in a year, you'll already have a marketing plan, you'll have a financial advisor, you'll already do market analysis, you'll get all of this done, you'll have money saved up. So when you're ready to launch, you're ready to go. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not gonna say that it's gonna be perfect once they go, but boy, getting, that's half the battle won right there. Right, planning. Yes, so, it's, all, it's all about planning, absolutely. So just making sure, if they've already started the business though, if they already have started and they're starting to kind of falter mm -hmm. after the first month, you would, you would advise them to still at this point make a marketing plan, yeah. get an advisor. I would be like, you know, keep going. It's kind of like you're keep, you're keep pedaling while you're seeing like the wheels falling <laughs> yeah. off, but you're still going. <laughs> you got a wheel. You're still, yeah, you're, you're still going because I, I mean, I've been in that situation before. It's like I get started with something like, oh, Oh my goodness, but I got to keep going, but I'm going to call so-and-so. Stay the course. <laughs> yeah, stay the course, but I, I need I need to know what my resources are. I need to know who I can help. But if they're that passionate about their business, it's, you know, I'm not saying don't do it, always plan, but that's the, be that's the best case scenario. But definitely don't give up because you're, you're already on the course, but just know that you have to 
find the professionals that are going to help you with what your issue is. Mm -hmm. You know, for myself, you know, having my digital marketing service was just, uh, it was paramount. And it's something I didn't really think about until I was like, gosh, I don't know what else to do. And then I meet, I meet my, my salesperson at one of our bambooses and the rest is history. You know, they really helped me a lot to get a good digital presence. But I, I thought about that after the fact, but I was pedaling, I was going, but you know, it's just one of those things you got to kind of bring in, you know, right. Just learn as you go. If you've already started, basically there's no backing out don't quit now. You've yes, already started. Exactly. Just, just, Baby step it. Yeah, well, and I also think that because they recognize that something's going on, that's good. They know, oh, I this I need help or this is not going well. Good for you. You recognize that. Now go find the help mm-hmm. and keep going if you're very passionate about what it is that you're doing. Okay, so don't give up. Don't give up. That's no, good. No, no, no. That's very, that's very promising. I of think course. that during COVID, we're so used to, like, bad news, um, but that that's very good. So just to wrap up. Tell me what you learned in the pandemic, personally and business-wise. I think from a a business perspective, it's you really have to stay on top of things, especially with the type of work that I do, in order to give your clients the most relevant information that will help them be better as a business. So the pandemic, like I said, it changed my whole strategy of how to approach my business. Mm-hmm. So that's that's so important for me to stay on top of the latest and greatest. Not that I wouldn't have before, but there's a greater sense of urgency because this is all so new. Mm-hmm. So we have to do our research. We have to look at the studies that are being done, what's working, what's not working. So that was a huge uh, that was a huge aha moment for me. But it's also been one of my largest takeaways from a business perspective. Um, and, you know, also hang in there. You know, you, you, there's a lot of great business resources, such as the, the, the chamber. You, the El Paso Hispanic Tam- Chamber does such a good job of setting people up for success, especially within your first three years. So I know that, you know, they're always there to help. But from a personal perspective, um, I, I really didn't realize how strong I was because during that time, I also had shoulder surgery, which put me out for six months. Of, 20, oh my of, yeah, of 2020. So I really didn't start working until like March of 2021. So Jeez. that really put me into a dark place of saying, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. But I said, I'm very passionate about changing the leaders, one leader at a time in the business place to create a work environment where employees say, I love coming to work. My boss is great. They support me. That's great. Well, thank you so much for, for joining us today. And just to make sure that everyone who's listening knows um, if you could give us your contact information or how anyone can reach out to you if they're interested in your services. Sure. Uh, you can go to my website, lizreveles.com. I do have a contact sheet on there and I can set up an appointment with you. You get a free 30-minute consultation and we can see where we can take it from there. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Liz. It's always a pleasure. Thank you, Desiree. Yes, and thank you for joining us for Sharing Sweat Equity, a conference series that we are doing with the El Paso Hispanic Chamber. We look forward to seeing you next time.